0: Weekend, Alina Haba, one of Donald Trump's lawyers in the ongoing fraud case, that for the record, by the way, just so everybody knows, uh, is basically on hold until January 11th, and that is when they will come back and do closing arguments. Trump also, for the record, has a, another trial starting four days after that, but that's story for another day. So anyway, Alina Haba, this past weekend, shows up and she speaks at this turning point uh, action conference, whatever stupid conservative thing of the week it is where she brought up the fact that the media is not reporting on the fact that she is apparently really bad at her job. Now that's a weird thing to admit, right? But let me show you the clip. Here's Alina Haba literally complaining about the media, not talking about one of her biggest failures. Here she is that got assigned to a Clinton appointed Judge. And what do you think happened? Nobody's heard of the case, right? It's Because it's gone. I never met the judge. I never walked into the courtroom. There were probably 50 lawyers representing all of the radical left. Clinton's lawyers. Mook's lawyers. And the list goes on and on and on. One month. It got dismissed and me and president Trump got sanctioned a million dollars for going against crooked Hillary. You didn't know that, did you? Fake news, folks, fake news. They won't report it, but guess what? We paid that million and we're gonna keep on fighting. Now, first of all, before I even get into what she said. I got to talk about how she said it. Like she's wandering around that stage as if she's giving a Ted talk. Like that's not a speech. Like, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but you can stand behind the podium without like having to travel all around it. Like those are just unnecessary steps. And honestly, it was a bit distracting, but more importantly, she's mad. That the media is not talking about the fact that her and Donald Trump got sanctioned for a million dollars and their lawsuit got laughed out of court. But by God, they're fighting and the, the fake news won't tell you about that. The fake news will not tell you about all of Alina Habba's failures. Now I don't know because you know, I, I, I look at things from a logical perspective, right? Anytime one of these conservatives gives a speech, you can try to follow the train of thought and figure out why they're saying what they're saying. But there is no logic in Alina Haba being mad that the media allegedly didn't report on her getting her ass handed to her by the court system, which is also funny because we totally did like that was a major national story that pretty much everybody covered. So you're lying about the media, not covering it. And you're also whining that it didn't get enough coverage so that people could know how bad you are as a lawyer. Somebody make it make sense because it truly makes no sense. The lawsuit of course is the one that she brought against uh, Hillary Clinton, the DNC, you know, alleging all of this horrible stuff that happened during the campaign, basically being mad that. Hillary Clinton said mean things about Trump during the campaign. And if that becomes illegal, then pretty much all political ads in this country are going to be illegal forever, which may not be a bad thing. But then things got even weirder because Alina Habba started talking about the document scandal, talking about how Trump was totally innocent and totally covered by the presidential records act because he was president when he took them showing that she does not understand what the presidential records act says. But then she said, Biden is not covered by it because he took documents when he was vice president. He also didn't obstruct justice, which is why they didn't bring charges against him. But here's what Haba had to say about that. She said, they've got one year and then we're going to be looking at them deep and hard. Okay. I'll tell you right now, if I'm in Washington, I'll be relentless too. If I'm in Washington. So if you needed another reason, you know, to not vote for Donald Trump, how about the fact that Alina Habba is basically giving us the wink and nod here, telling us that she's going to be a part of that administration. Hell, we could be looking at a situation where Alina Habba, and this is realistic, Alina Habba could end up being the next attorney general of the United States. So if you think that's terrifying, Maybe, uh, maybe you need to get to the polls next year and vote for not Donald Trump because Alina Habba seems hell bent that she's going to Washington with him. And that's probably not going to end well for anybody. So over the weekend, Donald Trump, of course, was doing his speech in New Hampshire, where he said that immigrants are quote, poisoning the blood of our country. Echoing of course, Adolf Hitler, which have, has been pretty much the biggest criticism of this line that Donald Trump is now just openly parroting Nazi talking points and white ethno nationalist talking points. And Lindsey Graham, the day after this happened, went on TV, of course he's asked the question, you know, what about Trump's rhetoric and Lindsey Graham? not only said he had no problem with it, but he said Trump is right. And I'll read you exactly what Graham said in just a moment, but think about it. The leading candidate for the Republican presidential primary, according to the polls, the leading candidate in the 2024 election is using the same language as Hitler. It's white nationalist language, great replacement theory language. And Lindsey Graham is not only cool with it, but he admits that, Hey, Trump is right. Here's how this exchange took place. This was with meet the press host, Kristen Welker. Welker asks him the Biden campaign has accused former president Trump of quote parroting Adolf Hitler. Are the president's comments representative of how you and other Republicans feel? Graham then said 76% of the American people, not Donald Trump believe the border is broken. They're worried about fentanyl coming over and killing their kids. Then Walker asked, but, but what about his language, Senator? Just that language, that poisoning the blood. And Graham, who was getting angry at this point said, I'm worried about an outcome. He is right. He had the border secured the lowest in 40 years in December of 2020 to the Biden administration. You're talking about Donald Trump's language as you sat on the sidelines and allowed the country to be invaded 172 people on the terrorist watch list have come on your watch. We're caught. They, they didn't just like cross the border, get into the country and now, oh my God, we got terrorists. They were caught Lindsay. That's how you know the number because those people were caught by the Biden administration. So she kind of left out that very important qualifier on that description. Welker continued to press, you know, are you comfortable with this rhetoric? And Graham says, you know, we're talking about language. I could care less what language people use as long as we get it right. If you think you're going to win the debate on illegal immigration by picking a line out of a Trump speech, most Americans understand the game has to change that we're under threat, that we're going to get attacked, that our border has completely been obliterated. Jesus Christ, Lindsay, how do you get out of bed in the morning with those horrifying thoughts going through your head that at any minute, this country is going to be attacked by a couple of people coming across the border with no, no real means to actually do anything. I mean, you know, kind of, Kind of seems like a horribly pathetic and terrified way to go through life. But you yourself are a scared individual. You know, you're very fragile. You're very frail. So I get that you constantly live in fear. I also understand that you're a massive warmonger, the biggest one that we have in the Senate right now. So you'd love nothing more than to send American tanks across the border down into Mexico and just have them travel through South America, killing everybody they can, because that makes you happy. So, you're trying to scaremonger all these people, like all these people Biden's coming across. They're apprehending them. That, that's the difference. That's the thing you're failing to mention. Like, oh my God, look at all these drugs that were seized across the border. Isn't that terrible? No, they were seized, you idiots. Republicans want illegal immigration to be the top issue for 2024. But I'm asking you this like you individually, personally is illegal immigration, your biggest concern. I mean, have you personally been impacted by illegal immigration? I mean, did you specifically like lose your job? I mean, I want to know these things. I, I, I am genuinely asking this, or are you more concerned about the fact that you can't afford your prescription medication? Are you concerned about the fact that you're struggling to be able to put food on your table? And by the way, immigrants are not to blame for those kinds of things, but Lindsey Graham, Donald Trump, the entire Republican party wants you to think that they are, they're not a lot of the problems in your life are due to the fact that Republicans have allowed corporations to do whatever the hell they want for however long they want. And that has resulted in you getting screwed over at the grocery store, at the gas pump and at the pharmacy counter and everywhere in between that's Republican policy at work. So they want to distract you with this immigration talk so that you blame all your problems, not on the Republicans, but on the people coming across the border because Republicans know that they have no winning policies for you. So like Lindsey Graham did there at the end of that statement, I read, he's trying to scare the crap out of you into voting for a Republican. Don't fall for it. During a recent interview. Republican strategist Susan Del Percio said that she believes Republicans are basically going to get their butts handed to them in the 2024 election at least in the House of Representatives. Now, one of the things that Ms. Del Percio specifically was referring to was the fact that in New York where you did have, you know, Republicans overperforming in last year's midterms to a degree, uh you also have redistricting taking place. And that redistricting is going to end up possibly wiping out three out of six of the current seats held by Republicans, almost directly handing them over to the Democrats. So Del Percio says that is a, that is a big reason just straight up mathematically why Republicans are going to have such a hard time in 2024. But I want to take it a step further because it's not just about the redistricting that could already give Democrats an advantage by wiping out the Republican party's two seat majority that they're gonna have, uh, starting in, uh, uh, January. It's not just that the problem, the main problem, the real big problem that Republicans in the house of representatives have right now is that the entire country has been paying attention to the circus that they have been putting on for this entire year. Let me reiterate for you once again, the year started off with Republicans taking several weeks to finally choose their speaker of the house. Immediately after that, we had everything blow up with George Santos. It was, you know, blowing up before that, but then we got into the kind of criminal aspect of it with the investigations. Then we had the debt ceiling over the summer, right? A looming government shutdown. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Are we going to be able to get it done? We get it done. Republicans get pissed. So they oust Kevin McCarthy. They oust Kevin McCarthy right after he makes a deal to try to pass some budget bills. Actually, it was the continuing resolution. Uh, so we didn't have a government shutdown at the beginning of October. So that was the second almost government shutdown brought to you by Republicans. So after McCarthy makes that deal, they oust McCarthy. Then it took them three weeks to find a new speaker. They barely avert a shutdown for a third time. And now we know that this new speaker is a, you know, right-wing evangelical wackadoo and Republicans in the meantime passed, according to, uh, you know, I saw the statistic the other day, Republicans have passed one bill this year that was not budget related. That many, that many you spent the whole year investigating Hunter Biden, calling in your expert witnesses, swearing up and down that you had a smoking gun. And then all your witnesses were like, uh, no, actually that's, that's not the case. Now you've moved forward by formalizing the impeachment inquiry against president Biden, where even the Republicans who voted for it have admitted like, yeah, we, we got no evidence, probably not going to find any, but screw it. Let's do it. Anyway. You got Matt gates under a serious ethics investigation, George Santos gets expelled. And all of that has happened in the last 12 months. Three potential government shutdowns, one piece of legislation not directly related to a budget. and then nothing but drama and theater. Not like the Lauren Bobert theater stuff, but then again, also the Lauren Bobert theater stuff, Marjorie Taylor Green's still a thing. So I get that Del Percio wants to talk about, hey, New York could take a couple of seats from Republicans. Sure, sure they could. But you've got an American public that has watched this entire year as Republicans have done not a damn thing for them. Not one thing. It's all a show because Republicans don't know how to govern. And if you don't believe me, then you go back and you look at these last 12 months and you tell me with a straight face that Republicans know how to lead. They don't. They don't even know how to get their whole damn party in order. So, sure. Del Percio is right. Yeah. Republicans are in trouble in New York, but guess what? They're literally in trouble across the entire country. So I agree with her that Republicans are going to be in for a bad November next year. We just have differences of opinion on the real reason for it. She thinks it's because of New York. I happen to think it's because everybody realizes how bad Republicans suck at their jobs. So last week during a speech, I believe it was in Iowa, uh, Donald Trump whined about the fact that the country was headed towards a global depression. The worst you've ever seen across the globe. He said, those were his words. If we reelect president Biden next year. Now on that same day that he said this earlier in the day, so it's not like he didn't know this had happened. But earlier in that day, the Dow Jones Industrial Average hit a new record high of 37,000 points. So, Trump got blistered for that. You know, economic analysts attacked him for it, the Biden White House attacked him for it, so Trump was put back. He's like, "We're headed towards a depression, the worst you've ever seen, and the economy's numbers are actually doing pretty damn good." So, Trump had to think quickly and figure out how to spin his stupidness into a positive. So over the weekend, Donald Trump goes to Reno, Nevada to do a rally for some reason. And, uh, he actually whined about the fact that the economy was doing too good. So a couple of days before he's like, oh my God, the economy's in shambles. And then he goes and tells the crowd in Reno, like, Hey, this economy's doing too good. That's, that's bad that the economy's doing better. We, we want it to do worse because that's good. He didn't exactly say it that way. What he said was the stock market is making rich people, richer, richer. They're not, I'm, they're not making them richer. <laughs> they're making them richer. The stock market is making rich people richer is what Trump said. And yeah, I mean, that is typically what the stock market does. I'm not going to disagree with you on that statement. It is essentially legalized gambling for people with the money to gamble, but you know what else it is It is the number one place in the United States for the average everyday working person to have their retirement account. So yeah, rich people are getting richer off the stock market, but your retirement account is doing a hell of a lot better today than it was when Donald Trump was in the white house. See that's the part he didn't bother to tell people, right? He only wants them to think, oh, it's rich people's money. And it, most of it is don't get me wrong. But if you have a retirement account, there is a near certainty that some of that money is in that stock market too. So yes, the market fluctuations do matter. When the stock market goes up, your retirement account is making more money. And I'm willing to bet plenty of people in that Nevada crowd have money in the stock market through their retirement savings. So they didn't think about that before they wildly cheered him on. But then Trump continued. Biden's inflation catastrophe is demolishing your savings and ravaging your dreams. We are a nation whose economy is collapsing into a cesspool. Huh? Okay. So, so the economy is doing too good and that's bad, but also the economy is doing really bad and that's Biden's fault. So the, the, the part of the economy doing good, like that's bad for Biden. And then the part that's doing bad is also bad Biden. So using Trump's logic, if the stock market crashes, that's good for Biden. And I almost have a migraine now trying to wrap my head around the logic that he's using because he's literally telling that crowd mixed messages like, oh my God, things are too good. Also they're horrible, worse than ever. Both of those things can't be true. Like that's not possible, but this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a man who has no idea what he's saying at any given moment, like Trump does not know what the next words that come out of his mouth are going to be. And if they contradict the words that just came out, he's just going to roll with it. And his base is going to be like, no, that's cool. We're good with it. It's just, it's crazy town. We're living in crazy town. I swear to God, I feel like this man is just gaslighting us every single day. And we have to sit here and weed through the stupid talk to point out what's really happening. The economy is getting much better. Is it great? No. Does it work for everybody? Hell no. But statistically, are you better off today than you were before Biden took office? According to the numbers, the country as a whole is, and that's a positive thing that Donald Trump wants to spend somehow as a negative. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.